0: And welcome to 31 Days of Terror, Day 13. To kick things off today, I would like to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank laurie Sarsfield Kim Wicks Sin Azoust Rebecca Walsh Laurie-Anne Letellier Julie Formanek Cara McGlynn Mackenzie Sarah Neth, Steffi D Lucas Carpenter Debbie Murphy Paula Van Etten Jamie Hanlon, Deborah Clorley, Jesse Nason, Savannah, Nicole Watson, Tom, and Nicole. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. You are so appreciated, and I'm thankful for you every single day. And I have five listener stories for you today. And story number one comes from Aria. This happened when I was around nine years old and has stuck with me ever since and I refuse to deny it. When I was a child, something happened between me and my sister that my whole family witnessed. I have sworn for years that this has happened, and I still stand by it, although they don't believe me. I was upstairs and had just come out of the bathroom. I passed my sister's bedroom, which was at the top of the stairs. She was sitting on the edge of her bed reading a book. I said hi and she waved at me and I waved back. I went directly downstairs with no pauses or detours and walked into the kitchen. The only way into the kitchen was the route that I took. There is no other way from upstairs. I turned the corner and saw my sister there, talking to my parents. I went wide-eyed and was terrified and asked her how she got there. She replied... I've been talking with Dad for the past 20 minutes, to which my parents agreed. I said she'd waved at me as she was reading upstairs, and she said, Ari, that was hours ago. To me it seemed like she was in two places at once, or else I had lost a few hours of awareness between the 15 seconds it took me to go downstairs and to the kitchen. All these years later, I'm still stumped as to what happened. As a child, I thought she must have bungeed out the second-story window to play a prank on me or something, or fallen through the laundry chute. I thought she had a doppelganger, or else I jumped time windows. It still gives me the spooks. And story number two comes from Jamie. My first story takes place when I was 12 years old. At the time, my dad, who was in the US Air Force was stationed at a military base in Suffolk and we lived in a small town called Swatham, about 45 minutes away. The house we lived in was actually a two-story home that sat above a local business, just on the high street of the town. It was really great. We could come straight down through the alley and hit up the market Woolworths, when that was a thing, and other local shops. But the creepy part, initially for me, was that the house and the alleyway that led to our front door backed right up to the local church and graveyard. We were separated by a wall, though. I wasn't particularly keen on anything supernatural back then, but I definitely got some creepy feelings in parts of my bedroom. At the back of the room were two closets, which hugged a little vanity area with a mirror. I vividly recall opening the closet on the right-hand side and noticing that it was especially cold. The other one was not. I guess I could choke it up to being next to an exterior wall, but that definitely creeped me out, and I didn't keep any of my things in there. I did not experience anything of note in the house, but one single time, I think it might have been in the winter, so a few months after moving in, I was laying in bed and I was uneasy and I couldn't sleep. I started hearing a small tapping sound, almost like something very small and light was bumping into the side of my desk. Not that there was any sort of breeze or air moving through the room, but I couldn't think of what else it was. For some reason, I decided to swipe my hand through the space between my bed and the desk, in case a cord was moving. Of course, nothing was there to move. I rolled over towards the wall again and I still couldn't sleep. I rolled over at one point later and across my room, in the space between the cold closet and my standing wardrobe, I saw darker than the darkness in my room, a tall shadow in the shape of a person. In my memory I can still see it, as though I stared at it for ages, but I know I didn't stare at it for longer than maybe 30 seconds. It didn't move, it didn't have any distinguishable features – I couldn't tell you if it was a man or a woman, though it had a male feeling. I was petrified. I'd never been so scared in my life, yet I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. All I could do was lay huddled up in the covers in a bowl, willing myself to sleep. Eventually I did. I never had that experience again. I didn't tell anyone else for several more years. I remember, though, that I told my younger brother first and he confided in me that he would hear footsteps on the stairs, as well as what sounded like walking upstairs when no one was there. Fortunately, we moved out after a year into a house that was closer to my dad's work. My next story takes place in my adult years. I'm now married with two children, and my husband and I bought our first home in New Mexico, a brand new build that we loved. In the first couple of years, I had maybe one or two sort of funny experiences that I couldn't explain, but nothing that truly terrified me. In the fall of 2017, my husband was away for work, so it was obviously just me and our kids. Our eldest daughter was two and a half, and we also had a three-month-old baby. There was one time I was sitting on my two-year-old's bed, which the foot of her bed looked out into the hallway towards the top of the stairs. And I heard what was the very distinctive sound of the floor creaking at the top of the stairs. Sure, it was a new-built house, but we did have two slightly creaky stairs. One was right at the top. I thought it was just me until my kid looked up with a jerk and said, Daddy? Because who else would it be? But it was no one. So clearly she had heard it too, and it was creepy. But other than the odd week where she said she saw feet in her room, never figured that one out, nothing more happened for a bit. Maybe a few weeks later, still solo parenting, a couple of other odd things happened. One time I heard what sounded like someone crossing through the baby gate at the bottom of the stairs, but again it was no one. The kids were asleep and my dogs were outside. It was weird, but I let it pass. Not long after, I was laying in my bed upstairs. I wasn't ready to go to sleep yet, so just relaxing, messing around on my phone. It's important to note that I did not have the TV on, when I heard yet another distinctive but hard-to-explain sound. Have you ever been trying to quietly enter a room where someone is sleeping, or checking in on your sleeping kid, and you don't want even the slightest of sounds to alert them? So to open and close the door as quietly as possible, you turn the door handle and keep it turned so the latch stays inside the door, and only release the latch when the door is securely back in the frame. Does that make sense? So I'm laying in bed with my dog and I hear that noise. My door opens and then immediately closed again, but only the sound of the door hitting the frame. Now I absolutely fucking panic. My first thought was not a ghost. My first thought was I have a fucking intruder in my house. I was absolutely terrified. For some reason, I ran and locked the door, which was so stupid because my actual human children were sleeping down the hallway. Quickly, logic kicked in. My dogs did not alert to this sound. They know the feeling of another person being present. They didn't react at all. But still, I was panicking. So I mustered up my bravery grabbed the switchblade from my dresser, quickly opened the door and let my dogs run. I figured if someone was there they would let me know. But nothing. I cleared every room when I realised all was silent and I trekked back up to bed. I was still pretty freaked out and spent the next hour or so calming down. Fast forward a few days and my mum was at the house. We were expecting my dad to come and pick her up when he got off work. He worked a late shift until about 9 or 10pm and I decided to tell her this strange story and as I was finishing up we hear a small tapping noise on my front door window. We figured it was my dad. He would often knock like that to not alert the dogs and possibly wake the kids. So we both said, oh, there's dad. Except I opened the door to nothing and no one. Dad arrived about half an hour later I couldn't let go of exactly how creepy it was that a tap was heard on the glass by both my mom and I right as I was finishing up the story of my bedroom door opening and closing. A few days after that I mustered up the courage to speak into the void and I simply said If someone is here with me you seem harmless. Maybe you just want to get my attention but you're scaring me and my children and that's not okay. I don't care if you're here but you can't scare us like that. And I swear to you, nothing else happened the rest of the time that we lived in that house. A last bonus story actually happened to my husband and he's told it to a few people. When I was in my early 20s, I moved back to England where my dad got stationed there for a second time. I began dating my now husband and we were back in the US to visit family in December of 2011. We were going to be visiting New York City for the first time. He had been in the US... A few months for work and I joined him for a couple of weeks vacation. I mention this because I was jet lagged and he was not. So we were staying in an Airbnb rental in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I looked around and quickly noped the basement. Basements are always haunted. But I slept there the whole time with no incident. But maybe a week after we left, my husband told me he had a couple of weird experiences there. The first night we were laying in bed... He was facing the wall and he felt a tap on his shoulder, from my side of the bed. But he turned over and I was facing the other way, sound asleep. Another night he heard footsteps pacing up and down the hallway. I asked him if he decided to believe in ghosts after that and he shrugged and said he didn't. I've never had a physical touch or footsteps experience before, so that would surely terrify me. so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And story number three comes from Mervyn. Back in the 80s, I worked in a restaurant in Salisbury. I had done since the age of 12. I was now probably 16 and I had progressed from chief washer-upper to part-time cook at the weekends and holidays. The restaurant was on three floors. The ground floor was the main dining room with kitchens behind. The first floor was not often used, only at very busy times and special occasions, and the top floor was storage. Staff were offered a meal per shift, and it was not unusual to sit upstairs out of the way to eat the chosen meal of the day. It was an old building, and there were stories of unusual happenings, particularly upstairs. One day I went up with my plate of food and sat at the table that was already laid ready to use. I began to eat, and maybe halfway through my eating, I heard footsteps from upstairs. There was only one way to the second floor, and that was past where I was sitting, and I knew no one was up there as all the staff were downstairs. It then became cold, which was not normal as it was a busy restaurant downstairs. Now it was cooler upstairs, but this was cold and you could see your breath. The plate and the cutlery opposite me, less than two foot away, then lifted up maybe a foot off the table, stayed there for ten seconds and then gently went down as they were on the table. The cold feeling went and all was well. I was, to say the least, a little bit shaken, but went downstairs and carried on at my day's work. I did mention this to my boss, and he just shrugged and said loads of weird things happened up there. Onwards to around 2002. I had just come back from Cyprus, where I had gone over to work for a few months. The reason why matters not, but I came back home, and rather than going straight back into my profession as an electrician, I worked as a carer in the community for a little while. This was in the Bournemouth area, or Christchurch really, but I guess you may know Bournemouth as a place better. My job involved driving around the area caring for mainly the elderly. One of my clients was in Moodford, and the following one was in a place called Sopley, and to get from one to the other meant passing a railway station called Hinton Admiral, you would drive over a small hump-backed bridge and then pass a small hotel called the Vicarage. The evening in question was crystal clear. Beautiful, cold November night with not a cloud in sight. I left Moodford and was approaching the bridge and I saw what can only be described as a lump of fog on the bridge. As I actually drove onto the bridge... The lump of fog became a beautiful, tall woman in a period-long dress, but grey. I guess almost like a black and white photo. Before I had a chance to do anything, I drove through her and the smoke or fog or whatever dissipated over my windscreen. I didn't feel in danger or scared, but just strange. Since that, I have been told that this area is well known for these type of things. This next story is a funny one and goes back to around 1995. As I said, I'm an electrician by trade, and during this time I had a business where I employed various electricians and semi-skilled staff. Not far from Christchurch is the New Forest, and in the New Forest is a town called Burley. If you Google Burley, it is renowned for witchcraft, and there are shops there that sell that kind of stuff to the visitors. I had a contract with a housing association to look after their properties and we were asked to visit this particular property in order to carry out some remedial work so it could be rented out. I went out with one of the Sparks to assess it. His name was Gary. Now this house certainly had a haunted feeling about it. Not the usual type of property but large with a big garden, lots of stuff inside covered up with sheets and in a very quiet cul-de-sac. I employed another guy called Sean, and he was always late and really quite lazy, so I decided to get my own back. I arranged to put a body shape on the wooden floor in white tape. We got up into the roof with some chain and a motor on a timer and various other strange and strategically placed jokes. The next morning, as per usual, Sean was late and wandered into the office. I said I had a delicate job for him. Could he go out to this property? And I gave him the keys. It is a void which means there's nobody in it and I needed him to test the electrics and assess what needed to be done. I told him I had not been out there but it was delicate as something had gone on out there and we were to go out there, be as quick as possible and take no notice of anything weird. I waited by the phone with Gary and a few other colleagues and about an hour or so later the phone rang and the conversation went like this hi it's sean hi sean what's up uh this fucking house there's something wrong there's a body shape on the floor in tape and honestly mate the lights keep going on and off and there's this terrible noise coming from the loft i think there's been a murder here i'm coming back to the yard and i'm not fucking coming back here he came back white as a sheet He never lived it down. We'd put a chain on a motor and a timer to rattle in a metal bucket that we put in the loft. We also put timers on lighting circuits to simulate the lights being turned off and on, and a few other little surprises. And story number 4 comes from Sarah. Back in the fall of 2018, my family came into town and we all decided to stay at my brother's house for the weekend. This was exciting, because we hadn't had a get-together like this for a while. While we were all hanging out in the living room, my brother asked if anyone had started watching the new horror show, The Haunting of Hill House, that had just released on Netflix. All of us were puzzled as to why he was asking this, because he had always hated scary shows and movies, and there was something about this show he liked so we were all in agreement that we would binge watch the whole season that weekend. The first night, we got through about half the season and realised we couldn't stay up anymore, so we agreed that we would continue the marathon the next day. We all reluctantly went to bed, completely creeped out and horrified. The next afternoon, before we started the show up again, I decided to make some brownies and snacks so we could enjoy some treats while being scared out of our minds. Now, my brother's kitchen, living room and dining room is one big open room. They have this huge floor-to-ceiling entertainment centre that has lights built into it. This was a piece of furniture they found online and renovated, and they never could get the lights to work. My family were sitting on the couch, just casually talking. My brother then walked into the living room, and as he was walking past the entertainment centre, the lights flickered twice, almost in sync with his footsteps all of us froze and looked at him. Then we automatically assumed he had rigged something because he's always been a trickster. He swore up and down he hadn't done anything to prank us. Let me remind you, they never could get the lights to work since they purchased it and the only way to turn on the lights was a tiny little switch inside the piece of furniture that reacts to heat from your finger. We were now not so excited to finish the show but of course we had to find out what happened. So we turned off the lights, found our spots and started watching. Around 30 minutes into the episode, the lights flashed from low to medium to high to low to medium to high and then they shut off. All of this happened so fast, we all jumped up and paused the show. We looked at each other and we thought, wouldn't it be crazy if that actually happened again during an actual scary part of the show? It took us a few minutes to regroup and then we started watching again. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but there was a part with the bent-necked lady and all of the lights were like a disco ball that went off in the living room. We were all screaming for what seemed like forever and then all of a sudden it just stopped. We all freaked out at my brother and told him it really wasn't cool if this was a prank. He still swears, to this day, that he had nothing to do with it. We were crazy and ended up finishing the season on the edge of our seats wondering if anything could top what just happened. Nothing did. We all came out of it alive. However, we were haunted for weeks to come. During the pandemic, my brother and his wife were just hanging out in their bedroom one afternoon messing around on their phones. All of a sudden, the ceiling fan came on full speed. They looked at each other, wondering how in the world that could have happened because the switch was on the wall by the door and they were the only two in the room. Before they had time to figure out what happened, the ceiling fan just stopped. It didn't gradually slow down and come to a stop like any normal ceiling fan would. It completely stopped, just like that. My brother just said, if the entertainment centre lights are on in the living room, I am going to freak out. So they ran to the living room, and sure enough, the lights were on. At that point, my brother blessed the house, And nothing has happened since. Also, those were the only two instances they have had with those lights coming on or flashing like that. Next month is the release of The Haunting of Bly Manor. We have been joking around about getting together and watching it again. But no one seems to want to be the host this time round. We'll see what happens. And story number five comes from Emma. One of the most important parts of this story is that the house my mom grew up in is haunted. She thinks that if she talks about it, it will come back, so I can't get much out of her. Over the years, there are only two things that I've heard. Number one is that the ghost would play tricks on my mom. Not in a funny way, though. It would torment her. And number two, a house that was only three up for my grandma's was severely haunted as well. One time in the middle of the night... Metal music started playing so loud from this house that it woke the whole street. It went on for about 15 minutes. The neighbours started getting upset and went to see what was going on. The family came running out hysterically. They started to tell everyone that their house was haunted and they couldn't get the music to stop, even after turning off the power in the house. They didn't know where the music was coming from. Shortly after that, the music stopped playing. A couple of years ago, we went to my grandma's house, the one my mom grew up in, for Sunday dinner. When I still lived at home, we used to go every single week. I woke up that morning feeling completely normal. I knew that after we got home from church, we would be going to my grandma's house for dinner and I was excited. It wasn't until we pulled up to my grandma's house that I got the sickest feeling in my stomach. I didn't feel like myself. Usually after we eat, we all sit in the living room and chat. For some reason, I was drawn to my grandma's bedroom and wanted to be alone instead of talking to everybody. I'm a really sociable person, so this wasn't normal for me. I remember walking into her room, feeling an overwhelming sense of dread. It was freezing and dark, so that didn't help. I walked past the bed and went into the bathroom. My grandma's bathroom has a shower to the left, a sink and mirror to the right when you walk in. And a small makeup counter and bench to the right. When you look in the makeup mirror, you can see the shower behind you. I sat and stared in the makeup mirror for a minute, getting lost in my thoughts. I can't describe it, but I felt drawn to the mirror. I took a selfie, real mood killer, I know, and left. The second we left my grandma's house, it felt like a fog was lifted and I could think clearly again. A few weeks went by. And i came across the selfie i took in the bathroom i had completely forgotten about it after looking at it for a minute i noticed a face in the back of my photo i went through everything possible that could explain this at first i thought it was a smudge on the mirror my grandma is a neat freak and cleans her house 24 7 it was definitely not a smudge the next day we went back to my grandma's house i showed her the photo she turned pale She told me she had seen this woman before. She said she hadn't visited her in months and she thought she was finally gone and that was all she would say. My family freaked out and blessed the house. It's a thing that Mormons do to get rid of bad spirits. Sadly, creepy things still happen there and my grandma sees the woman more and more now. And I am absolutely terrified of mirrors. Thank you so much to Aria, Jamie, Mervin, Sarah and Emma for sending in your stories. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by sending it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it, you're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.